Welcome to Recovery at Pal. My name is Kelly, and I'm a recovering alcoholic, and I breathe by God's grace. We believe that God allows us to call out to Him just as we are, and that we are worthy of the love and the help of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. No matter what's holding you down, such as grief and loss, addiction, codependency, sexual integrity, or your loved one who suffers from addiction, we are all recovering from something. We recover with Jesus, the 12 steps, and we recover together as a community. You can find our recovery page at palchurch.com. Click on the recovery link to find out more about us. Visit with us Thursdays for a free meal, worship, and small groups. In the meantime, please take a deep breath, invite Jesus to sit with you, and enjoy this message of hope that follows. My name is Kelly, and I'm a recovering alcoholic, and I breathe by God's grace. Hey, spirit fingers. Yay, I love my spirit fingers. Hi. Um, gosh, I don't even know where I am now. That was so exciting. It's like a whole football wave. Um, God's mercies are new for me every single day on every part of my life. I'm so grateful for Him, and I give Him all the glory. I give it to Jesus one day at a time, and He takes care of me. Um, if you're new tonight, I want to say welcome to you. If you come every single week and uh, you're in your place, you're in your safe place at home here tonight, I want to say welcome home to you. Welcome home to if it's your first time too. You're safe here, and we're excited that you're here. I'm excited that you're here, and I'm excited I'm here. Oh, huh? Excited. Times infinity. How's that? Is that good? Okay. Um, we're in a season of Advent, and so perhaps you're asking yourself tonight, what the heck is Advent? And you don't have to worry, and you do not have to be afraid, because I'm going to explain it to you. So the Advent season includes four preceding weeks before Christmas. And it's during these weeks leading up to Christmas that we prepare our hearts for the coming of our Savior. And we read and we study and we worship our Savior in His holy birth. And as we, do, as we do so over our lives and over our hearts for these weeks, um, we ready ourselves for His arrival, for the birth of Jesus. And our hearts swell with anticipation of our Savior bringing light into our dark world. And our Messiah, Emmanuel, God with us, He was born to save us from ourselves. And so we intentionally prepare our hearts inside the season of Advent so that when Christmas arrives, our hearts are full of the love of Jesus and we feel protection from Him. And Advent actually means the arrival of a notable person or event. So not only do we prepare our hearts for the story of Jesus' birth, but we look and we anticipate and we welcome Jesus' return to us once again. And He was, and He is, and He continues to be our Savior, our Messiah, our Shepherd King. And only King Jesus has the power to set us free from all that binds us to worldly things. And these words that are spoken each week in any good Advent series are usually hope, peace, joy, and love. And these words, they bring us to a place of faith in our Savior during Advent. And for our recovery stories for our Advent season, we're going to look at words like worth, home, pain, with, and surprise. And these words will teach us that we are His and that we can glorify Him as our one true King. In our sermon series we begin tonight, it's called Misfits. 
And I don't know about you, but who here in this place tonight uh, feels like they don't fit in, especially at Christmas time? Yeah. Yeah, double hands. That's right. Me too. Me too. And so uh, we are misfits, and Christmas is really hard. And God makes the promise in Scripture, though, that He uses us misfits for our stories, for His glory. Amen. That's right. And so we glorify the Holy Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ, with our stories. And, and maybe we don't all agree that we're worthy to tell the story of Jesus' birth. And that's okay for tonight. I'll give you a pass for tonight. But I do think we can all agree that many of us don't feel like we fit in. And as Christmas approaches, we must face this season in the many phases of recovery that we're all in tonight. So we're in active addiction or we were in active addiction, either way. And hopefully we're sober tonight. We were dishonest and we were no fun to be around and we were no fun to care for in our past. And now we're trying to learn how to be honest. And hopefully we're invited as we go and take a seat at our family table. Some of us may not be invited. And we didn't fit in when we were drunk. We didn't fit in when we were high. And we don't know how to fit in sober now either. Or we've lost our spouse. Or we've lost our child. Or we've lost our best friend. Or we lost a, a very important matriarch or patriarch for our family. And there are breakups and there's diagnosis and there's loss and there's death. And if we're honest, the last thing we really want to celebrate is the birth of a baby in a manger if we're honest. So we're grieving our losses. And we've, we've got that sense of community and that family that's shattered. And we enter into the Christmas season alone and isolated. And we don't feel like we fit in anywhere. And we don't know what to say. And people don't know what to say to us either. Bah humbug indeed. Facts. So... Um, because of that, all those feelings that we're having, our recovery lunch study group for our sermon series, we decided to revisit a book called The Island of Misfit Toys, and it's written by Reverend Greg Taylor. And it's a Christmas book for folks in recovery, mended or still broken alike. And Reverend Taylor lets us know that it is really okay that we don't feel like that we fit in, especially at Christmas. But what the author teaches us through this book is that God, our Heavenly Father, says that we do actually fit in. Whether we don't see it, or we do see it, or we feel it, or we don't feel it, we do fit in. And we are, in fact, worthy to glorify, to glorify, to glorify Jesus, our Savior, because our recovery stories tell of the story of Jesus who was born in a manger, humble and hidden, so that he could rise up and save us, his people, from that spiritual devastation that we find ourselves in. So that one day, as we transform from broken into beautiful, we can glorify our shepherd king as we carry the message to another who's lost and who's hurting. And we're going to come back to that feeling of not fitting in here in just a minute, but first we're going to look at our scripture. And we're going to be reading from a contemporary translation of scripture called The Message. It was written by Eugene Peterson. We'll be in the Gospel of Luke, and it's chapter 2, verses 8 through 20. Hear these words of our Savior's birth. There were shepherds camping in the neighborhood, and they had set night watches over the sheep. Suddenly God's angels stood among them, 
and God's glory blazed around them, and they were terrified. And the angel said, don't be afraid. I'm here to announce a great and joyful event that is meant for everybody worldwide. A Savior has just been born in David's town, a Savior who is Messiah and Master. This is what you're to look for, a baby wrapped in a blanket and lying in a manger. And once the angel was joined by a huge angelic choir singing God's praises, glory to God in heavenly heights, peace to all men and women on earth who please him. As the angel choir withdrew into heaven, the shepherds talked it over. Let's go over to Bethlehem as fast as we can and see for ourselves what God has revealed to us. They left running and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in the manger, seeing was believing. And they told everyone they met what the angels had said about this child, and all who heard the shepherds were impressed. And Mary kept all these things to herself, holding them dear and deep within herself. And the shepherds returned and let loose, glorifying and praising God for everything they had heard and seen. And it turned out exactly the way they'd been told. We all pray with me. Sovereign Father, hallowed be thy name. Lord, we're overwhelmed by your holy son lying in a lowly manger. That he came here to save us, to transform us, and to love us, and to call us worthy. And we're in awe of your will for your son and for us. And Father, tonight, at Chris, as Christmas approaches, will you prepare our hearts for the Shepherd King? Allow our hearts to receive the good news of Jesus, his birth, and his light given to us so that we no longer feel alone. Help us to believe the promise of Jesus all over again. We offer this prayer to you by our one true King, our Messiah, our Lord Jesus. Amen. You know Dasher and Dancer and Prancer and Vixen. And you know Comet and Cupid and Donner and Blitzen. But do you recall the most famous reindeer of all? Rudolph. It's Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, and he had a very shiny nose. And if you ever saw him, you would even say that it glows. And all the other reindeer, they used to laugh and call him names. And they never let poor Rudolph join in any reindeer games. And then one foggy Christmas Eve, Santa, he came to say, Rudolph, with your nose so bright, won't you guide my sleigh tonight? And then how the reindeer loved him and they shouted out with glee, Rudolph, the red-nosed red reindeer, you'll go down in history. Rudolph, the red-nosed reindeer, was a misfit. And he did not fit in. He looked different, and he acted different than any of the other reindeer in Santa's posse. And Rudolph was talked about behind his back. And he was uh, excluded and he was isolated. And none of his reindeer family members wanted him around. 
So Rudolph ended up spending a lot of time alone. But one Christmas Eve, there was so much fog as Santa hitched up his reindeer and began to deliver the, the toys all over the world that Santa and the other reindeer could not see to drive the sleigh in the fog. And Santa and the other reindeer appeared before Rudolph. And they simply asked him, Hey, Rudolph, with your nose so bright, will you guide my sleigh tonight? And Rudolph, with his bright red nose, offered light in a very dark sky. And Rudolph said yes. And all the presents were delivered to kids worldwide, just in time for Christmas. And oh, how Santa and the reindeer loved him. And suddenly, Rudolph's red nose turned into his greatest asset, didn't it? As Rudolph carried the gift of Christmas to all sons and all daughters everywhere, he offered light. And the light had been with Rudolph all along. And Rudolph's big red nose was worth everything the whole time. And he just needed a nudge from Santa to be that guiding light. And Rudolph's greatest weakness became his greatest strength. And for a kid who didn't fit in anywhere, Rudolph became the star at Christmas time. The shepherds in Luke's gospel, they are misfits too. Back in the days of Jesus, shepherds were not accepted in society at all. Being a shepherd, raising and herding and protecting and defending the sheep was a very dirty job. And the sheep were covered in heavy wool and they were defenseless. And the shepherds had to keep watch over their sheep on the outskirts of town. And the sheep had to be defended from their predators, namely some really hungry wolves. And so the shepherds slept outside on the ground with their sheep. And the shepherds were with their sheep at all times for protection and guidance. And that's, they certainly had a very large uh, sheep's pen where the shepherd was there with them. And you can imagine what was inside the gathering quarters of the pen. There's food, there's animals, and there's other stuff that doesn't smell so good at all. And so the shepherds were constantly and considered dirty and stinky and foul. And the term back in the days of Jesus, they were called unclean. So as they were rejected because of the Jewish laws of the uncleanliness, shepherds remained unclean and isolated away from the clean community down into the town. They hung out with animals, and they certainly didn't hang out with people. Shepherds were considered outsiders and outcasts and misfits. In my own recovery story, I relate. How do you relate? Yeah. Now, even though the shepherds do not fit in anywhere, they're still awaiting the arrival of their promised Messiah. God has made the promise of the king to arrive. And as the shepherds watch over their flocks by night, they watch for the Christ. And do the shepherds believe that they're worthy, that they might be included in the Savior's story for his anticipated arrival? Absolutely not. They don't. But Luke's gospel says, Suddenly God's angels stood among them, and God's glory blazed around them, and they were terrified. And the angels said, Don't be afraid. And I'm here to announce a great and joyful event that is meant for everybody worldwide. And the Savior has just been born in David's town, and the Savior who is Messiah and Master. And that's what you're looking for, a baby 
wrapped in a blanket, lying in a manger. And at once the angel was joined by a huge angelic choir singing God's praises, glory to God. And in heavenly heights, peace to all men and all women on earth who please him. As the angel choir withdrew into heaven, the shepherds talked it over. I love that. Let's go over to Bethlehem as fast as we can and see for ourselves that God has what, what God has revealed to us. They left running and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in the manger, seeing was believing. Angels, assigned by the Heavenly Father, appeared to misfits. Our friends, the unclean shepherds on the outskirts of the city, and the angels sang to them and glorified their God with a heavenly choir. And that heavenly choir was made especially for the shepherds' hearts to receive personally. And the angels sang to the shepherds, peace to all men and women on earth. And the angels in all of God's glory were there with the shepherds, with the misfits. And the shepherds were watching and running and believing, and they found their worth lying in a humble manger, and his name was Jesus. And because the shepherds felt their worth as they gazed upon the baby, the Savior, they began to carry the message of Jesus to everyone they came in contact worldwide. Why? Because the angels declared to the shepherds, don't be afraid. I'm here to announce a great and joyful event that is meant for everybody worldwide. A Savior has been born in David's town and a Savior who is Messiah and Master. Everybody, worldwide, that's you and that's me and the Savior is for us misfits too. So the shepherds begin to carry the message of the Messiah. And the scripture says they told everyone they met what the angels had said about this child. All who heard the shepherds were impressed. Mary kept all these things to herself, holding them dear and deep within herself. And the shepherds returned and let loose and glorifying and praising God for everything they had heard and seen. And it turned out exactly the way that they'd said. Doesn't happen very much in our recovery, does it? The promise was kept to the shepherds. The shepherds watched faithful and they ran to Jesus and they believed and they glorified King Jesus and their great shepherd was born. And maybe we feel like we don't fit in in this Christmas season. But God pursues us by his grace and he gives us Jesus, his holy son, born in a manger. And he tells us that it was for us and that we're worthy and that we fit perfectly into God's kingdom into his work of glorifying our Savior's story. And we tell everyone we meet that Jesus took our weakness unto himself. And because we watched and we ran to him and we believed, he alone saved us. And our weakness becomes our recovery story for Christ. And it's okay to be afraid in that moment. The shepherds were terrified. That's what the scripture says. We glorify him as he makes us his disciples and we shepherd his flock in this day so that others may turn toward him, the shepherd king, so that another can recover too, always worthy of the Savior's love, watching. The shepherd says, or the scripture says, the shepherds were camping in the neighborhood and they, and they had set night watches over their sheep. Place yourself in the place of the shepherds. It's not that hard to do, is it? Because we've been on the outside looking in, haven't we? 
We've been cast out or we felt unwelcome in our brokenness. We've been lost and we've been lonely and in our grief and in our addictions and in our loved one's addictions, we seek out Jesus and we seek out the 12 steps for our healing. And we felt like we had to keep watch all on our own, often afraid. And we've had to defend and we've had to protect ourselves in our recovery, no matter the cost. And when Christmas approaches, our walls go up because the pain surfaces at every single turn. But we still put up the tree anyway, don't we? We decorate our doors and we decorate our yards and we want to celebrate our Savior. We really do. I want to. But what we really want is our moms and we want our dads and we want our husbands and our wives and we want relationships restored. And we want the kids gathered in front of the fire and we long for the house that we lost and we long for the family that was whole and now it's divided and our Christmas dreams are broken. Nothing's right and nothing fits and we need a shepherd. And we pray, come back, Jesus, and make all things right because I've really screwed it up. I need you. And just like the shepherds, we watch for the Savior, our protector, and our defender running. The scripture says that the, ship, the shepherds talked it over. They went to a meeting, didn't they? They had a small group, right? They talked it over and they decided, let's go over to Bethlehem as fast as we can and see for ourselves what God has revealed to us. And they left running. And the angels have carried the message, which is for everybody worldwide, that the Messiah has come. And the shepherds run to Jesus immediately. They ran. And I know a little bit about running. How about you? Before I ever ran to Jesus, I ran from him first. Amen. And yes, that too. Absolutely. I knew of Jesus. I knew he was my shepherd. And I told him so too. And I, I said, I know who you are, Jesus. But I'm going to do my own thing. I got this. Everything's under control, Jesus, and I'm going to call on you when I need you. But I don't need you right now. I ran away from Jesus. Does anyone else know what I'm talking about? I see some wide eyes. It's the truth, isn't it? It hurts, but it's the truth, let's be honest. I ran towards people and places and things which did not serve me. And I loved and I lost and I controlled and I drank and I used everything that I thought I was controlling until it all spiraled out of control. And like the shepherds, I no longer fit in anywhere. Before we surrender and before we beg for help, we isolate and we stay on the outskirts hidden where no one can see us and we get dirty and we get cast out. And then someone, an angel, and we all have angels, don't we? Someone carries the message of Jesus to us from our most broken place. And we talk it over with them. And we decide and we surrender and we run as fast as we can into the Savior's arms, running. We turn away from our, our, our lowest life and we run toward our great shepherd. And we can run to him tonight. The angels declared in the scripture, don't be afraid. Jesus his birth is great and it's a joyful event and that it's meant for everybody worldwide. And as we run to Jesus, God reveals himself to us. He calls us worthy. He calls us child. He defends us and he protects us. And just like the shepherds, we can run to Jesus.
And when the shepherds run toward the Messiah as fast as they can, and they find Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in the manger, the scripture says, seeing is believing. The shepherds saw their Messiah, their king, and they believed. And I can only imagine deep down in my heart what it must have been like when the shepherds believed. They came upon their savior, the baby, his mother and his father. The true and the promised savior was arrived and it was right there in the stables, wrapped up in the little simple rags, lying right down there among the animals resting with his flock along the ground, just exactly where you might find a mighty shepherd king. Of course the shepherds believed it was so familiar. Bedded down for the night, sleeping outside as an outcast under a dark sky, the Savior laid low and homeless, and he brought light into the shepherd's world. Not fitting in anywhere, and yet so very worthy when we meet our Messiah, he's experienced every hardship that we have. He knows what it's like not to fit in. He's going to go through every single struggle, every tear and every heartbreak in his life. He will experience all of these painful events himself on our behalf. It is familiar to us and our Savior is familiar to us and we are familiar to him. His birth, his life, his grief, his death, his resurrection in his anticipated return toward, to, to, toward return to us. It's just like the shepherds. Our God is with us and it's familiar every single step of the way, every step we take. We can believe in Jesus. So what's the point? What's the watching and the running and the believing? What's it all for? It's for his glory. What does the scripture say? They told everyone they met what the angels had said about this child. The shepherds returned and let loose, glorifying and praising God for everything they had heard and seen. And it turned out exactly the way they'd been told. And the angels carried the message to the shepherds. And the shepherds carried the message to everybody worldwide because we are all worthy of the Savior's birth. In the Gospel of John, chapter 21, Jesus has been resurrected. And it's time for him to ascend to the Heavenly Father. And Jesus appears to Peter on the beach. And I'm going to read the scripture to you, and I just want you to hear it. It's not going to be on the screen. You can close your eyes as you listen. You can focus on something on the floor. You can look at the little twinkly lights behind me. However you feel safe in this moment, hear these words from John's Gospel. It's chapter 21, 15 through 19, as Jesus appears to Peter. After breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Yes, master, you know I love you. And Jesus said, feed my lambs. He then asked a second time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Yes, master, you know I love you. Jesus said, shepherd my sheep. Then he said in a third time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was upset that he asked for the third time, do you love me? So he answered, Master, you know everything there is to know. You've got to know that I love you. And Jesus said, feed my sheep. Jesus knows everything there is to know about Peter. 
and all the times that Peter would deny Jesus and all the times that Peter would watch for Jesus, all the times that Peter would run back to Jesus, all the times that Peter would believe once again in Jesus. Jesus knew everything about Peter. And still Jesus named Peter a shepherd for his sheep. We are misfits in this Advent season as we prepare our hearts for the coming of our Savior. And we wrestle with ourselves in the push and the pull of our recovery stories, and we don't fit in anywhere. Drunk and high, sober, with family, without family, broken or pretending. No matter how you feel and what kind of misfit you are tonight in this safe place, maybe you feel like Rudolph with an obnoxious big red nose and everybody's talking about you behind your back. Maybe you feel unclean, living like an outcast in the dark. Maybe you feel like there's no redemption left for you, that perhaps you're worse than Peter. As we watch for him and run to him and we believe in him, Jesus says, I know everything about you. You were created for me and I was created for you. And you fit in with me. And I'm your great shepherd. And you're worthy to recover, to tell our story and to shepherd my sheep. To tell the story of the Savior's birth, to glorify the shepherd king. God has appeared in all of his glory. And he says a Savior has just been born in David's town. A Savior who is Messiah and Master and he is meant for everybody worldwide. It's in the name of the Father, of the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. As you journey into your next moment or your next 24 hours of recovery, know that you are worthy, loved, and welcome at Recovery at Powell any Thursday night from 5.45 p.m. to 8.45 p.m. Check us out online at powellchurch.com and visit the recovery link for more information. Let's close with the serenity prayer. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things that I can, and the wisdom to know the difference living one day at a time, enjoying one moment at a time, accepting hardship as a pathway to peace, taking as Jesus did this sinful world as it is and not as I would have it, trusting that you will make all things right if I surrender to your will so that I may be reasonably happy in this life and supremely happy with you forever and the next. Amen.